Welcome back to the Enhanced Performance Podcast. It has been a while, but we are back in the full swing of things. And today is just me, myself, and I. Uh, and we are going to be talking about, obviously, UFC Brazil. What went right? Um, spoiler alert, not much. What went wrong? Brazil itself, some sketchy, sketchy stories, some murder stories, some robbery stories. Uh, Jamal Hill's, not Jamal Hill, sorry, Johnny Walker's weight. Um, and... Terence McKenna, I Terence McKenna, I fell out, fell out with Terence McKenna, UFC fighter, so we'll, we'll talk about that, and yeah, just basically everything that we did, what's next for Paul, we've got some fan questions as well, so let's get into it, so, firstly, travelling to Brazil is an absolute nightmare, 11 and a half hours is just, on a flight, is a little bit too long for me, so you've got like, you've got your flight out to, I went to Paris, you can go to Amsterdam or London, I went to Paris, and then from Paris to Rio is about 11 and a half hours, 11 hours, 45 minutes, oh, that is a disaster, just fortunately, one of my clients gave me some sleeping pills, and one of my other clients gave me like a PSP Vita, like the old school PSP Vitas, so that killed a bit of time, if it wasn't for that, it would have been an absolute disaster, um, there's a little, like, obviously you've got your little touchscreen TV in front of you, I stupidly tried to help an old Brazilian lady sitting to the right of me, and I like she couldn't speak any English. Um, not many people speak English in Brazil, uh, little factory, so it's a bit of a nightmare trying to get around if you don't have a Portuguese speaker with you. Um, but yeah, so I tried to help her out and put on, I was like, what would you like on? She didn't have a clue what I was saying, so I just put on something I thought old person would like. Um, and then that moment on, she was like my best friend, but she was like trying to speak to me in Portuguese, and I was just like, oh god, I don't know what to do. So it just got really awkward, so I just took my sleeping pills and went to sleep. So the sleeping pills took off about maybe three, four hours of the flight, so that was, that's at least decent, that's decent. But it is tiring. So you get there, you get to Brazil, and it is by, f- my, yeah, it's by far the most beautiful place I have ever been to in my life. It's like... You're in a rainforest, like the rainforest is on one side, you've got massive mountains all covered in rainforest, and then you've got a massive, massive city, and then on the other side you've got beautiful beaches and beautiful water. Unfortunately, in the massive city bit, there are some sketchy, sketchy people. Brazil is by far the most beautiful but most sketchy place I've ever been to. Um, And like, anyone who comes back and says... Ah, it's not. It's not that bad. It's not that sketchy. And I've seen people say that. Say it's not as dangerous as you think. I just think they're oblivious to the dangers. I did nearly get robbed. I got robbed. Not. I've not got. It's not. Unfortunately, it's not a cool story. Uh, I got nearly got robbed by three children. I think they were like fourteen, fifteen. Fortunately, I had my head on a swivel, and I clocked those little sons of guns, and they didn't have a chance. They were just trying. What they do is they just. If you got your phone out. And you're not paying attention, they'll just run by and snatch it, and they're off. Um, and obviously, they know the little alleyways to go down and stuff like that, so you'll never find them again. Uh, and yeah, it's it, it's very easy to get robbed in in Brazil. There's so many other stories that I will get into, um, but yeah, Brazil's a nice, uh, a beautiful place, but a sketchy place. Fortunately, we had two people kind of showing us around. We had Matt Long, who is part of Paradigm's kind of, Paradigm is uh, Paul's management company, and he is their social media guy, and we had Victoria Gracie, who is technically Paul's manager, and she is a legitimate Gracie, she was, uh, I think her, her uncle is Henzo Gracie, she grew up with Nick and Nate Diaz, she's legit, and obviously she speaks Portuguese, so having her was fucking Oh, so lucky we had her because it would have been an absolute nightmare doing anything if we didn't have a Portuguese speaker with her, with us. So that was absolutely great. 
Um, I'm going to try and get Victoria on the podcast. She'll have quite interesting stories. Being she used to work for Bellator, now she works for Paradigm. Um, she's obviously got that Gracie name and how that kind of affects her. It will. My guess would be having a name like Gracie would be a huge benefit and especially for a female, maybe a huge issue. People might think that you get into these kind of jobs because of your name. Uh, you kind of lose a bit of your own identity having a, a name such as a Gracie name. So it'll be interesting to have her on the podcast. I'm going to hit her up and try and get her on the podcast. That'd be a really, really good one. Um, but yeah, back to Brazil and the sketchy story. So, so she's told us a story about how her cousin was on the beach in Brazil, just chilling with his fiance. Uh, two guys come over, rob them at gunpoint. Just to tell them, get put everything in the bag, put everything in the bag. So they start putting, well, he starts putting everything in the bag. I don't know if he's doing it too slowly or they just don't like the way he's doing it. And they just shoot him in the head. Middle of the day, middle of the beach, and boom, that's it. Gone. Crazy. Another story was obviously, I was speaking to Jamal Hill's manager, and he was a bit sketchy about going to this pub. So we would go to this this pub pretty much every night. Well, it's like a bar on the beach every night and have a few drinks. It's directly across from the hotel. It's on the main road, very busy. And we'd have a few drinks there. He was a bit sketched out about going there, so I was like, why are you worried about going here? And he was like, well, last time I was here, he was sitting there with maybe six or seven uh, other UFC executives. And this guy comes up. He's got points of handgun at his head. He's got an extended mag on his handgun. And he basically gets his mate to just rob everybody at the table. Um, So six or seven people robbed. You can't do anything about it. You're not putting a police report in for that kind of thing. It's gone. But there's no one, like, they don't care that there's cars going by. They don't care that it's a busy area. Like, what are you going to do? They've got a gun pointed at your head. You're not going to do anything at all. And then, so you've got those kind of stories. You've got murders going on. You've got loads of robberies going on. I nearly got robbed. This Jamal's Hill manager gets robbed. And then you've got Bungie. You've got Chris Bungard, the man-man, who decides to not go to the favelas once, but go to the favelas twice. And the second time, he nearly came to a sticky end. I'm not going to go into that story too much because I want Bungie to come on and tell that story himself. Um, But needless to say, he's just an absolute lunatic. Maybe not the smartest move in the world. And when we told Victoria that she was like, "Oh, where?" She was like, "Where's Where's Bungie today?" And we're like, "Oh, he's in the favelas." She was like, "Ha ha ha!" Like she thought we were joking. And we're like, "No, no, he's actually in the uh, in the favelas." And I think she nearly had a heart attack. She was like, "Oh no!" Um. So yeah, I would I wouldn't suggest going to the villas. They have tour guides, which is insane. Um. But I wouldn't suggest that these favelas. Well, one, the first one that Bungie went to was the biggest favela that has about three hundred thousand people in it. So that's twice the size of Dundee, maybe more than twice the size of Dundee. I'm not sure what size the actual area is, um, but I'd probably say it's probably smaller than Dundee. Who knows? Um, but yeah, he he went to there, and the next one he went to was it was even more sketchy than that one. So, but I'll let him tell his story on that. So UFC two eight three. We get to fight night. Oh, no. Before fight night, I met this guy called Audie. Audie is the head of Paradigm. And he uh, he's Conor McGregor's manager. He is, I think he's Manny Pacquiao's manager. He got the deal done with Proper 12 Whiskey. He got the deal done for the Mayweather-Conor McGregor fight. Um, and I've met a, a lot of promoters before and, and these kind of guys before. No one to Audie's level, but... <sighs> You get the vibe from them that some of them, not all of them, 
not all of them are met or bad, but some of them are just out for money, a bit sleazy, would stab you in the back, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? The Don Kings of the world. With Audie, I've got to say, it was the exact polar opposite. He was the nicest guy I have probably ever, ever met. He was a great guy. He took us out for tea, bought us all the whole team all tea. And then on fight night, he took me and Matt out for tea again, bought us tea. Great guy. And when I was asking him questions like, what do you want to achieve next? He wasn't, it was nothing about money. It wasn't like making more money. I want to be the most successful. Da, 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 da. He was talking about the fighters. He was talking about a fighters union. He was talking about all these things. And what he was saying about the fighters union as well was, if you don't know the fight, UFC fighters don't have a union, they don't have medical care, they don't have anything like that. Any, essentially, they're on their own, and whatever the UFC do, can do to them, they can do to them. It's, you've got no say. What they want is a union there to protect their rights and stuff like that, which which is a great idea. So far, it's not happened, but what Audi was saying was, essentially, it is going to happen. Like It will eventually happen. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. So they're playing the long game. They want to postpone it out for as long as they can, obviously, the UFC that is, whereas Audi and everyone kind of want it to happen now to protect the fighters. So when you ask these questions, you get that kind of answer. That's a sign of a really good guy. So he's a really nice guy. So I suggest to anybody who wants to be managed by anybody, you should try and get in with Paradigm because they were absolutely superb. But that's enough about Audi. Um, so yeah, UFC 283, what happened? Well, Paul decided to be a pacifist for the fight. Uh, unfortunately, that doesn't really work in any fight, so he got punched in the face and he got his nose broken. These things happen, right? It is what it is. You're getting hit in the face by a guy who is 6'6", a guy who is... 240 pounds the night of the fight, right? When you get hit, you feel it. It just is what it is. I got asked the question, I'll just answer it now, was it was it stopped too early? The answer is no. It wasn't stopped too early. It was a fine stoppage. No complaints from the team, no complaints from Paul. It is what it is. Um, what I will mention about Johnny Walker's weight is, I can't go in this too, into this too much because I might get sued. But... We have heard that they are using tactics they shouldn't be using. And when I say they, uh, we heard it about specifically about one of Paul's opponents, um, one of his last opponents. And we're presuming it's the same kind of thing with Johnny Walker. They're using tactics where they're, they're, they are managing to put on much more weight than they should be able to do through normal means. I cannot get into it any more than that, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's something that needs, that probably needs to be looked at. But hey, what are you going to do? We're, we ain't grasses. We're not grassing on nobody. Um, so he loses his fight. After the fight, we're, we're obviously disappointed. We're gutted. Like, you're not going to be happy in a situation like that. The only solace I get out of when my fighter loses is touch wood. Every time I've have had, had that happen, my fighter has been okay. So like... Yeah, Paul got a broken nose, but in the grand scheme of things, you know what I mean? It's nothing, it's a broken nose, it's nothing serious. Um, so that's that's always a good thing. So we always look at the positives, that's great. Another positive would be the team that Paul had with him. He brought out Chris Bungard, Danny, uh, Sean Clancy was there. Now, I've never met Danny or Sean Clancy before in my life. Uh, neither has Bungard. Uh, but we all got in great. So that was brilliant. I was actually commented on by Victoria Gracie and Matt saying that we... 
we seem like we've been friends for years and we're a very, very professional team. So when you hear stuff like that, that's that's really, really good to hear. So that's, that was brilliant. But where do we go now? What is next for Pop? So there's a few things. Like like I mentioned about the weight. When, when you're not doing a weight cut, which is essentially Paul doesn't really do a weight cut, okay? He maybe cut one or two K, but but for someone who is his size, that is nothing. That is literally nothing. Um, his nutritionist has to up his calories sometimes of fight week uh, or the week before because he's losing too much weight too quickly. His body it just loses weight like that. So that's a as advantage when because it's not a struggle to make weight. So that's great. It's a big disadvantage though when your opponent is weighing two hundred forty pounds on the night of the fight and you're weighing. Uh, 97 kilograms, I don't know what that is in pounds, um, I should have worked that out. But when you're wearing maybe 10 to 12k less than your opponent, that is a big disadvantage, especially in MMA, maybe less so in boxing because there's not that grappling aspect, but especially in MMA. And look, this is why all professional fighters do weight cuts. There is obviously a point of diminishing returns where you're going to, it's going to be dangerous. However, if you get it right, it's a big advantage to you if you're coming in that heavy. So we need to look at that. Um, we're going to go over to the UFC PI uh, in Vegas in March, the start of March. Me and Paul are going to go over and we're just going to have a little chat with the team. We're going to get DEXA scan done, which is essentially a scan to see how much muscle mass he's got, how much bone density is like. You know, like the machines you get at the gym where it's like, hold hold on to the handles and it'll tell you what body weight or what by like body fat percentage you are. It's that, but one that actually works. Those things are kind of nonsense, um, but it's a legitimate one. So we'll get that done, and we'll have a little chat with maybe the dietitian there, with a few of the top guys there, and see what we can do. Um, it might mean that Paul needs to kind of take a bit of time out to put on weight. It might mean that we try and kind of cut a lot of weight. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll have a little chat about it. It's something that, like, we need to look at. It would be silly for us to not go and do those things and not get the information. Um, okay, it's, it's it's a flight over there, but it's going to it's a few days of your time and to get really top-class information uh, and find out what we can do. So that is the kind of next stop for Paul. Obviously, he's going to continue to train at a higher level. Um, it's unfortunate that we, he never got to showcase how much he's improved his striking um, in that fight, but he, he I can promise you he definitely has. You can even see hitting pads now. He, he looks miles, miles better. Um, we just need to get that out of him in a fight. Um, and that's is what it is. But the good thing is, Paul's on a... Was he, did he just sign a seven-fight contract with Paradigm? Well, with the UFC, sorry. So we've got time. We've got time to showcase that. We're going to obviously get another few fights in. Um, so... I think next time it'll obviously be miles better. He's he's only been with higher level for I think it was maybe fourteen weeks. Like that's as a blink of the eye in this game, you know what I mean? So another good solid time with higher level, up in his skills, up in his striking, um then yeah, we'll see what we'll see what the Paul two point is really all about. Um what I hate, right? I absolutely hate this, is when people comment on my TikToks, on my Instagram, be like, oh, I hope Paul's working on his striking for this camp. No, he's not. He's just doing He's just doing BGJ. He's just wearing a gi. What do you think he does? Do you think his team, 
like higher level and his coaches and himself are that stupid that they're just looking and just going, I think my striking's absolutely amazing. I'm like bloody Pereira in there. I'm just going to work on pulling guard more. No, these are professionals. Obviously, they are working on the holes in his game. And we all know the hole in his game is his striking. And it's getting less a hole and less a hole every time he fights. So he's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. I don't want any comments about how he's, he needs to work on his striking. We know, okay? <laughs> Sorry, I needed a little rant there. That's, I've been reading too many TikTok comments. It's getting to my head. I always said I was going to post and ghost, which just means post a, post something and just don't read the comments. But sometimes I just, I just got a bite to them. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, so the next fight for Paul, who knows where it's going to be, who knows what weight it's going to be. We'll have to see. Um... But I've got a little, I've got a little gossip. I've got a little, I've got a little gossip about a fighter. Not maybe not gossip, but I fell out with a fighter while I was there. Uh, a guy called Terence McKenna. Now Terence McKenna got knocked out really badly that night. Uh, flying knee. It was an absolute beautiful knockout. The week leading up to the fight, him and Sean Clancy had been come quite pally. They'd been speaking, and, and Terence seemed a very nice guy. So did his management. Oh, sorry, sorry. So did his coach, and he is a nice guy. However, after the fight, I'm sitting there at the bar. He's sitting at the bar, and I'm waiting for Paul, Paul and the team to come back from the hospital. And he obviously starts to get a bit drunk. He comes over, starts speaking to me, and he's like, oh, like not a good night for us. And he's being dead nice, and he's like, oh, I want Paul to win. And um, we're having a wee joke and a laugh about his knockout because he knows it's going to be on highlight reel forever. Um, but he, and he seems dead nice. But then Johnny Walker comes in, and he could not get up quick enough and get away from me, and start speaking to Johnny Walker, and he was like, oh dude, you knocked him the fuck out, and even his coach was doing the same, I was like, guys, have a little bit of decorum, have a little bit of respect, that is something that really pisses me off, so when he came back over and tried to speak to me, I just started ignoring him, and eventually I just got up and moved, uh, I think I told him to bolt, not that he would know what that means, but then I realised this guy could absolutely smash me anytime he wanted. So when he came back, when he came over and apologized to me, I uh, accepted his apology very quickly because I realized he might batter me. But the next day, when we were at the pool, at the pool, he was up partying, taking shots. He was uh, with Jamal Hill and his team. Next thing we hear, he's in the toilet spewing. Jamal Hill had to put him into bed. So there's a little bit of UFC gossip. I think Terence McKenna. I thought he was just a young kid. I think he just needs to grow up a little bit. I think he's like maybe 27 or something like that. Um, but apart from that, every other UFC fighter that I met there was simmed. Met Big Nog, very nice guy. Spoke very good English. You can see he's been through the wars. I'll put it that way. He's not going to be a model anytime soon as Big Nog, but very nice guy. Anthony Smith seemed like a very nice guy. Uh, Damien Maya, the same. Charles Oliveira seemed all right too. Yeah, everyone's pretty much really simmed. So that's really good to see. Nothing else is like the UFC team themselves, like all the kind of the background team and the logistics or the security or all the brilliant people. Really nice to you. You can see they've got like a little family vibe going on. They're all laughing and joking. And yeah, brilliant guys. So that's pretty much UFC Brazil. Let's go on to fan, fan questions. Uh, I've covered, well, was it an early stoppage? The answer is definitely not. Who was the best person I've met? Best person's hard to say, but I think the most interesting person, there's two, obviously it's going to be Audie uh, and Victoria Gracie. Obviously, I'm chilling in Rio de Janeiro, having dinner with Victoria Gracie. 
like who not many people can say they've sat down with a Gracie and had dinner. Um and she's a very smart girl, very clever. So yeah, that was I was good speaking to her. Audie, not many times either you can say that you spoke to someone who's truly at the pinnacle of their kinda in their career. Uh someone who has done some of the biggest sporting deals in the world, like the Mayweather deal, like the proper twelve whiskey deal, although technically not a sporting deal, but you know what I mean. Um who manages the biggest MMA star who's ever lived in Conor McGregor, talking to him and seeing the kind of insight, the kind of insight he gave me into the world of kind of management, the behind the scenes. Um, yeah, that that was super, super interesting. I, I really liked speaking to Audie um, and hopefully when we're out in Vegas, we we'll meet him again and we'll have another little chat with him because he's very interesting. The thing with, with Paradigm as well is they've got Paul signed up to them and they want to do other things with Paul. Paul's, Paul's a smart guy. Um, he's a very analytical guy and he can speak very well on camera. Um, so they want him to have his own podcast. They want him to do acting gigs. They want him to do other things. And I think a lot of fighters need to do that as well. Um, obviously, you don't want to be doing it so much that it's going to take your time away from your main thing, which is your training. But you need to have a kind of long-term viewpoint, and that's why I tell all my guys they need to get good on social media. It's as simple as that. And it's easy for guys to get good on social media when you're a fighter because all you need to post is you need to post yourself training, which you're doing every single day. So just set up a camera, record yourself hitting the bag or doing takedowns, submissions, whatever, and just post it. Just keep on posting it. It will bring you the sponsors, which is a huge, huge thing. I went off on a tangent, but Audie agrees with me on this, and that's why I'm bringing it up because I spoke to him about social media use for fighters, and and it's it's a hugely, hugely important. So any young fighters out there, make sure you've got your social media in point. Make sure your social media isn't you going out and getting steaming every weekend. Um, yeah, post your training always. That's my point. Uh, what's next for Paul? So touched on that briefly. We're going to go the, over to the UFC PI in Vegas in March. We're going to see what we can do. Have a little look, because like for me, we're kind of in this holding phase of we don't know whether we're needing to put on more muscle mass or whether we're doing the exact opposite. So it's hard for me to program that just now. Uh, he's obviously off camp period anyway, um, but he should be start training fairly soon in terms of strength and conditioning. So. I'm going to have a little word with him and see what he wants to do in the meantime so we're not waiting like four weeks till, we're, till we go out. I've been asked as well, John Jones versus Cyril Gann. Hopefully when we're out there at UFC PI, that'll be during, I think it's start of March we go out, so we'll be able to see the Cyril Gann-John Jones fight. In terms of how I think that goes, I think John Jones takes him down and he TKOs him or submits him. I just hope that John doesn't, try and showcase his stand-up, not that his stand-up's not unbelievable, it's just I think that Cyril Gann's obviously got the power edge, so there's obviously more of a risk there. I don't see Cyril Gann reversing him and uh, submitting him, so I think it'd be smarter for John just to take him down. Again, for me, that's like a that's a bucket list moment. You're getting to see like the goat of the sport perform. Um, not many people can say that. See, it'll be like seeing Messi or Michael Jordan and stuff like that. So seeing John Jones perform, that that's pretty special. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. Final question I've got is Jake Paul or Tommy Fury, who wins? So I touched on this as well briefly in my TikTok I did. And I, I think a big X factor that people aren't really looking at is 
the fact that Tommy Fury is called Tommy Fury and what his dad and his brother have said is going to happen if he loses. They've said that he needs to renounce the name, they've said that he needs to stop boxing and blah, 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 blah. That's a lot of pressure to be putting on a kid as young as Tommy Fury, um, especially when he's starting out in his boxing career. He's not had many fights. He's had maybe what, five, maybe six fights. Um, and in comparison, you've got Jake Paul, used to being in the limelight, fought on much bigger stages than Tommy Fury. I would say fought better opposition than Tommy Fury has fought. Um, people get people slag Jake Paul off a lot for like fighting MMA fighters. He's not fighting real boxers. If you look at the start of any boxer's kind of career, they're fighting journeymen. They're fighting people who are 1-72, in 0-45. Jake Paul's had harder competition than most boxers have at the start of their career, in my opinion. So I think the pressure is going to be a bit too much for Tommy Fury. and I think he's going to get knocked out. I might be wrong. You might see a boxing clinic put on by Tommy Fury and he uh, gets a decision victory, but I think Jake Paul is going to finish him. And that is the podcast for UFC 283, UFC Brazil, Rio de Janeiro. Thank you for listening. Obviously, next few weeks we're going to get some we're going to get some uh, guests on. Like I say, hopefully Victoria Gracie comes on. Hopefully, I can, I'm going to message Audi and see. But he's a busy, busy man. Uh, if he can't do it, maybe he'll send his mate Conor McGregor to do the podcast. Who knows? Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. We will be back next week with another podcast. I'll see you soon. I'm out.